Here's a chance. That shot blocked by McNabb. Tafoli couldn't get it through. It'll be held in by Vandenberg. Score! You drew the penalty on Marcia so, and then you know, the, the troll clap and the skate by the bench. When you see those after you go, did I do that? Are you kind of blacking out time? Or you know exactly no, I'm happy I did that. You know, he literally tried to decapitate me with his stick, so. Oh, it's kind of screwed up, but it did You're listening to All the Kings Men, the official podcast of the Los Angeles Kings. Now, here's your host, Jesse Cohen. Welcome back, Kings fans. My name is Jesse Cohen. This is All the Kings Men. You voted for it, so here it is. Your game for a preview with special guest, <clears throat> my dad. Joining me now for what could be the final game of the series, but hopefully will not be <clears throat> my father. How you doing, dad? I'm good, thanks. How are you? Uh, well, you know, Kings are down <laughs> 0-3, so, you know, I'm fine. Yeah, not good. I'm fine, basically, I suppose. Uh, look, yeah. I, put it to, I put it to a vote on social media whether or not people actually wanted a, uh, a preview episode for Game 4. And it sort of bounced back and forth between no and yes, but enough people said yes that I felt like uh, we might as well do it. And then you and I started speaking earlier today, and I thought, well, this is a fun conversation. Let's record it. And let those that want to listen to it, listen to it. So let's start with the notion of the Carter injury. Um, because that's something that you you were the first person to mention it to me, but you're certainly not the only person to mention it to me. Um, but of course, being first is actually the only thing that sure. you know, <laughs> matters. Sure. So when did, you, <laughs> when did you first begin to think that there was something wrong with Carter? Um, the first period of the first game. I... I thought like he started out skating really well, mm -hmm. but then I thought, huh, he kind of started to sort of slow down a bit and not be quite, and I didn't think, oh, he's tired. And then what I really noticed was that he, as he went in to hit people or check people, he was looked like anyway that he was really pulling up, like not like he was scared or he was, you know, not, not playing all out or anything like, he didn't look like that at all. It looked like someone who was hurt who was trying to just not uh, hurt himself more. That's, sure. that's just kind of what it looked like to me. Like he was definitely sort of not going full out and full on hitting. And he usually does. And then I noticed as the game went on, he it's not like he's still not fast, right? Cause it looks like an upper body kind of thing, mm -hmm. but he clearly just as the game wore on, he just didn't seem to be able to do quite as much. And, Right, but he's still good enough and better than most people, so you wouldn't like, to, you know, it's a playoff, so he's going to play. Right. But that, that's sort of what I, it just looked like that to me, right? And then as the three games have gone on, you know, he hasn't. Did he score one goal? No, well, nobody scored. So no. <laughs> no, it's been two goals by Kopitar's line and one power play goal from Ledoux. Yeah, by from Ledoux. Ledoux. Yeah, that's right. It's Ledoux, I follow, and Kopitar. So, you know, he, Carter's not scoring. He's not assisting. And I don't know, it just looks to me like he might be hurt. I mean, you know, they always say they're not and stuff, but I don't know, it just kind of looks looks that way to me. And yeah, I yeah. and I just noticed it right 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 almost right off the bat. Well, it's it, right night. Yeah, no, right, I, I mean you mentioned it, it to right me. away. Well, the reason yeah. I asked is cuz I I thought I couldn't remember if you had mentioned it before the playoffs actually began or not. No. Um, no, I just noticed it like in the first period of this game. Um at least I don't remember thinking it before. Right. Because, you know, he, he went on, you know, he was playing great. And then the last game where they lost, it, you know, it didn't to me look like anyone was hurt. It looked like they, you know, like what, what you know, happened to the uh, 
Sharks as well, right? You go to that last game, you've won so many games, and you've sort of secured a spot, and then, you know, the other team just goes whack, and then, you know, for the rest of the game, they won the game. But, um, no, it was just in the first period. I just, it was like the very first person he went to hit, I was like, oh, gee, that wasn't much of a hit. But then he kept doing it. Right. And so that's made me think, okay, that's not really how he generally plays. So driving over from the game last night, um, I'm a sucker for punishment. So I started listening to the the podcast from you know my friends out in Vegas, and it right. was it was following game two that they had recorded. Okay. So I was like, all right, this isn't going to be particularly instructive because game two was just a nothing game. But all right, I'll listen to it and just see what they have to say about it. And they did a full I don't know three to five minutes on how unimpressed they were with Carter. And how yeah. they, they didn't buy the notion of him as a good defensive forward. And they had no idea where this idea of, of him as a solid <laughs> defensive forward came from. And how ineffective he was. And, you know, obviously it was all the Golden Knights having shut him down. And what a good job they'd done. And I kept thinking to myself, if I ever needed any piece of evidence that there was something wrong with Carter <laughs> more than this conversation, it, I don't. Because we all have seen Jeff Carter. <laughs> Right, for the yeah, last no, six that years. Would be it. He is a good defensive forward. He is an elite yeah. offensive power. Like, yeah. no, the Golden Knights are not shutting down Jeff Carter. <laughs> like, no, no, exactly. No, I mean, he clearly, like I say, you can see. I mean, I can think yeah. anyway. Like the first ten, fifteen minutes, he's he's flying out there. It doesn't seem like he's able to do quite as much as normal, but he's flying. But you see, as the game goes on, he isn't. Right. Not that he's slow and reliable. You know, I mean, you know, cause, right. You're, it, it, he's still faster than most people, but you can see that he is, he just isn't quite. At least that's how I'm no. reading it. Like I said to you, it looks to me like he's hurt. Or I guess the other explanation if he's not hurt would be, you know, he came back and, and he was, you know, they always say, well, you know, the adrenaline takes you through the first bunch of games and then you hit a wall and maybe he just hit the wall. But like, So um, this is a mid-season slump rather than mid-season form, for example. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, it could be that, but you just kind of think, I guess my first thought was, uh, it's the playoffs now. He's got the 20 games under his belt or whatever it is. And I don't know, it just more looked like, I just like I say, just the way he was going in to hit people. Like if you go back and look at some of them, he's really not hitting them. He's kind of just kind of, you know, to, you know. Yeah. Try, it looks like he's trying not to hit them. But, but there are all <laughs> but these. But more importantly, trying not to be hit. Sure. But there are all these little plays in my mind that demonstrate that he isn't being shut down or he's not mentally checked out. You know what I mean? It's not sort of a... Yeah, a, no, it's everything. not that at all. Yeah. It, he'll he'll poke the puck away from a player, in, you know, knowing that he'll get there first. He'll flip a puck off the boards and skate around a guy. I mean, like, he is... There is effort. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so... Absolutely. Uh, no, that's why I say it just looks to me right. like a guy who's maybe a little bit hurt, but not so badly hurt he can't play or he's not fast. Just someone... Like I wouldn't, you know, like rib injury. Maybe that's too much. Although, although, uh, who knows? I've, yeah, I've seen people play with rib injuries. You know, or sore ribs. You know, just something. Bobby like, Bond played like, on a broken leg. <laughs> exactly. That's what I sort of thought. Like he maybe got hit somewhere along the line. He's got bruised ribs or something like that, where it's like he can play and everything. It just, but he doesn't want to get right. You don't want to. No, like, look, we saw Kopitar and, play seventy games last year with a with with an injured wrist or injured yeah. arm or something, and they denied it every day up until yeah. halfway through this season. And good for them. They're supposed to and fine. But we all knew anybody paying attention to Kopitar last yeah. year could clearly see that he was injured. Yeah. Um, so there you go. Yeah. So so then, 
somebody else yesterday, I believe, said to me that, you know, because I had raised the issue of Carter being injured because, like I said, I'd heard it from you and a handful of other people whose opinions I, uh, if I don't trust, I at least find them worth listening to. Um, and somebody else said, you know, the guy that I think is injured is Toffoli. So I said, all right, great. Now I've got to watch both of them. <laughs> um, and and right away, early on, I can't remember exactly when it was in the game, although I tweeted about it, um, Toffoli received a perfect pass. He was in the slot. There was basically an open net to shoot at. And he, and he took a really tepid shot. And I remember thinking in that moment, man, you have to bury that. And it's Tyler yeah. Toffoli, so it's not... You know, no disrespect to the names I'm about to throw out, but it's not Kyle Clifford. It's not Nate Thompson. Yeah. It's not, you know, it's Tyler Toffoli, one of the guys that we've seen who can really load up and, and yeah. let one go. So I thought, oh, well, that's interesting. And then I saw two or three more shots or passes from him where they looked to be moving at half speed. They didn't look great. And so, again, whether or not it's a an injury or whether or not it's just, a you know, trying to protect from another injury... Um, it seemed to me that two thirds of that line were not operating at top uh, efficiency, and yeah. Tanner, Tanner Pearson, God bless his soul, is not an offensively an offensively gifted enough player to carry two guys. No, no, he does what he does, but he needs the other two guys <laughs> have to be engaged. Yeah, I mean, I don't know about Toffoli because it is harder to tell with him mm -hmm. because he has a different kind of game. Like I said to you on the phone, the only thing I I just like when he missed the goal last, or I mean, Florida made a great save, so let's not, um, you know, <laughs> downplay that. But he did have kind of an open net, and you know, on the first when you first see it, you're like, oh my god, I thought I, like I thought it was going to be a goal, yeah. And then it isn't, and then you go, oh, how did he miss that? And then you go, oh, okay, Florida came over. But then on the other angle, like I said to you, then I thought, oh. Because even Jim Fox said, oh, you have to elevate, right? You, yeah. All you have to do is get that puck up two feet, right? Because Fleury's just sliding, you know. He, no, everybody like, said quick, it. Right? You, you have to bury yeah. that chance when you get it. You have to. But then on the other angle, it, it looked like he wasn't even trying to lift it. It wasn't like he was trying to lift it or he didn't, because it looked like he had time. Um, but it looked like, and then I thought, oh, I wonder if he, he can't for some reason. Right. Because he was clearly just trying to slide it on the ice. And, you know, like you say, it's Toffoli's. He's a goal scorer. So, like, you know, come on, man. That's got to go up. Right? There's no way Flurry stops that if it's up high. Right. No, it was a perfect pass. It was a perfect <laughs> scoring opportunity. Yeah. And and like I said, when I tweeted it, I said, I hate to be the guy that says you got to bury those, at least publicly. I'll, yeah. say, I'll say it to you when we're sitting in our, you know, in the yeah. den watching <laughs> the game. But, but I don't like saying it publicly because, look, I can barely get myself dressed without clashing, right. you know, <laughs> fashions or whatever. I'm I'm not going to tell Tyler Toffoli how to score goals, but but that was one of those moments that was so glaring that you go, oh man, I hope he's injured because yeah. otherwise there's something wrong, right? <laughs> something really wrong because <laughs> uh, you got to bury that. <laughs> yeah, no, you have yeah. to bury it. No, those. and there's nothing wrong with saying that. Like, yeah, we get it. We're not hockey, you know, blah yeah. blah blah. <laughs> but on the other hand, <laughs> what's the point of being a fan? You no, know. uh, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Um, if you're not allowed, you know, to look at the teams and go, okay, this is what we think, right? I mean, that's all it is. <laughs> so the reason, I, um, but the it, reason... it is harder to tell with Toffoli whether yes. he's hurt or not. I think just in general because he just plays a different kind of game and he's so streaky that you know when he isn't scoring, it's it's sort of hard to know exactly.
Yeah, well, and he's a winger. Um, he's not taking faceoffs. He's yeah. not, you know, he's not expected to lead the rush. He's not expected yeah. to, you know, to facilitate other players. So yeah, I mean, and you know, on the on the other hand, for both of them, like I don't know who's been on the ice when Vegas scored, but there's not a whole lot of goal scoring going on. No, so it's not like people are being weak defensively or they're not playing. It's just look, nobody's scoring. That's all. Um, you know, you don't score, you don't win. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, look, everybody always cries about sample size, and this series is, you know, it's it's a it's a, a short series with not a lot to go on. Um, the reason I bring up the injuries and the reason I think it's instructive isn't to try and make excuses, isn't to try and say, oh, this Kings team is actually better than it is. We know anybody who's watched this team for 82 or now 85 games knows what the strengths and weaknesses of this team are. Um, yeah. And obviously every team has injuries Yada, 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 blah, blah, blah. The reason I bring it up, though, is if you want to gauge how uh, optimistic Kings fans should be moving forward or how you want to discuss what changes need to be made, I think you do have to discuss why certain things happen. And so, for example, game two, in my mind, while it had to be played and the results have to be respected and taken into account, you know, for the playoffs moving forward, I I don't care that the Kings lost that one. Right. Like as far as I'm concerned, if if Vegas wins, uh, you know, game four, this will be a three game sweep because because I don't you know, because I don't think I mean, it's not that I don't think the Kings were trying to win game two, but. I don't think they were trying to win game two. (laughs) I mean, that's sort of (laughs) um, I mean, I, I think every player out there was trying their hardest to do what the coaching staff told them to do. And I think the coaching staff was telling them everything that they thought they should do in order to have a chance to win. But I think they, you know, radically changed their style of play. I think they radically changed everything about that game. The team didn't have half of its defense, and they still managed yeah. to take it to double overtime. So I'm not worried about that game. So then the question is, well, let's look at games one and three. Game one is a one to nothing shutout on home ice for a Vegas team that's had a, you know, an incredible crowd, an incredible season. You know, they're all pumped up on Mountain Dew, and and they win one to nothing. Okay, bravo <laughs> for them. And then you have to look at game three and say, okay, the Kings had a chance after yeah. that after that game two to come back. So why didn't it happen? And if no, you, two... you have to look at that or, I mean, the other thing that no one ever likes to hear, and I remember my father saying it to me after he saw a game I played and lost, sometimes you just come up against a team that's, in this case, one goal better. Yep. Right? And that's just just all there is to it. Like, they're not killing us. They're not dominating us. They're not, right? Um, they're out-chancing, I think, but that's the one goal difference, right? Right. When you out-chance a team every game, then you're probably going to score one more goal. And it just may be that simple. <laughs> um, and, and like I was saying to you before, like I, it seems to me there's a couple of ways to to beat a team in a series, right? I mean, sometimes it's just two even teams. They go back and forth like, but sometimes, right, in other words, when we won the Cups, we had a big, strong, heavy team, right, with an incredible goalie, a couple of unbelievably skilled players, right, the best in the league. Mm-hmm. And then they got in Carter. And so that was enough to just dominate everybody because they just wore, wore people down, they right, hitting and, and everything, and then, and then some skill. Well, I think what Vegas is doing to us is they're so much faster, and they play a style that's just very difficult for this Kings team, anyway, and clearly over the course of the season, every team. Um, 
that over the course of a couple of games, like the Kings just look tired, right? They're just chasing the puck all the time. Yeah. And I think they're being worn down, right? They're wearing us down more that way than we can wear them down by hitting them because they're also fairly tough. Yeah, no, it turns I mean, out... McNabb, yeah. McNabb, I read on... Someone on Twitter said he was like a horrible player and he's an AHL player. I don't know who that was, but McNabb's looked quite good. No, right? I, he's hitting everybody. And I would argue that McNabb has been the best uh, over the last three seasons. Well, not starting from last season. Over the last three years, I'd argue that Dowdy and McNabb were the King's best pair. Um, yeah. Not Dowdy yeah. and forward. Yeah, no, absolutely, McNabb. And he's been looking great in this series. He, you know, he's been playing with a vengeance, but, but really they're just faster and they always have the puck. They don't cough the puck up the way, you know, we get the puck and ice it or, or, you know, try sort of cutesy plays or something, but they're not, they're just back and forth fast so that we're chasing. And I think by the third period, we're getting worn down and still they're just one goal better. No, but that's why I bring up the second line because I, I don't disagree with a thing you're saying. My my curiosity is, and look, if if Vegas wins this series, as I think we all think they will, they deserve it and good for them. And there's no question that they were the better team. The the curiosity that I have is, if you, I mean, if you buy into the notion that two thirds of that '70s line is injured, then yeah, what, then what, they're never going to win. No, not only are they never going to win, but they're never really going to compete because. You know, as 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 well as Adrian Kempe played last night, um, they didn't come close to scoring, and that line got scored on twice. Kopitar's line scored two goals, and the fourth line doesn't play a ton of minutes. And when they do, they're not particularly effective. I mean, I, I've I've been having this sort of cognitive dissonance with the rest of the fan base because, as much as I like, <laughs> as much as I like Clifford Thompson and Mitchell, and I think they do certain things well in moments. Shift in and shift out, they're getting beaten, right? Vegas is taking more chances on them, and I think that's pretty clear in the minutes they get, right? They're not out there a lot when... Yeah, I don't I don't think they're being anything really negative. I mean, they may not no, be... they're not losing they're doing the games, job. but they're not... No, we need... The second line has to score. It's just right. simple. But, but or, if the second line can't even the third generate... Line, yeah, they're not generating anything, and the campaign line, because I think... Kempe is playing a hell of a game. I mean, I like him. Um, I, I think he's been great. But yeah, if the second line isn't scoring, then that line has to chip in. But the thing is, nobody's chipping in, right? Like, okay, we got an empty, you know, we got a goal and we had the empty net that was, you know, okay, great. But the game is already lost by then. <laughs> yeah, no, so, I, I'm really, just... But, but again, scored I'm, two I'm, goals in three games. Yeah, no, look, again, all, all you know, the, the deficiencies are clear. I'm just just yeah. saying strategically, if your second line isn't capable of producing, your third line is losing the series. Not not losing the series for the team, but they're losing their portion of the series. Despite yeah. but despite playing well, right? And then the fourth yeah. line is losing their portion. Well, that's three lines losing losing their portion of the game. Yeah. It, it almost doesn't matter how well Dowdy and Kopitar and, and Brown and those guys play because at some point you're just not going to you're not yeah, going to be able that's to right. compete, and and that's the, and again the only reason I bring it up is in terms of what's the what are the lessons that we take away from this series, and you know if if you know we're looking at 2011 right when Kopitar was injured yeah. and they lose to the Sharks, you can say okay well we learned that Richardson and Clifford and and Simmons all have value 
We learned that Hanzus can do this, that, and the other thing. We learned that Jonathan Quick's, you know, an amazing playoff goalie. And you don't you don't feel so bad that Kopit, you know, that they lose the series because Kopitar was hurt. Yeah. So so I sort of feel the same way about this series, which is it reminds me a little bit of 2010, 2011, where you're right. This team doesn't have elite players up and down the roster. They have elite no. players in top positions, but then, you know, they have rookies. You know, guys like Ayaf, I mean, it's crazy, but we forget that, like, Ayafalo and Kempe and yeah. <laughs> Mario and Gravel, they're all playing their first NHL playoff games. Yeah. Um, so, so I just don't think, like, for example, I'm just, the, the reason I don't bring all of it up is because when the offseason happens and the chants start coming of, you've only won one playoff game in four years. That's what I don't. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I'm not interested in hearing anymore. Right? Like, that's not productive. That's not. That's the kind of thinking that forces you to make a trade because you think the you know the old window is still open. And I look at this team and I go, no, the old window is closed. But what we have now is an opportunity to create a new window. Yeah, of course. That's where you and I. You know me, I always liked a big trade. <laughs> no, well, I know. <laughs> no, and, but, but, I'm the guy who said they should have traded quick after 2014. <laughs> no, but I'm not, here's the thing, I'm not against, I'm not against a and, big trade. And just before your listeners go crazy, not because I didn't think he was the best goalie in the world. <laughs> no, no, you just like a big trade, you just like chaos, that's that's who you are. No, I don't like chaos, I just thought, <laughs> okay, you've got Martin Jones, he's younger, yeah, yeah, and you can get an unbelievable value for quick, and what are the likelihood that, you know, eh, were they going to win the next year? And I wasn't so sure. So I'm like, okay, that's when a, a really courageous general manager does, right. does something. Um, but honestly, right? there's I mean, only course, one general manager across all of sports that would even consider doing that. <laughs> so, well, then it's, it's time I got hired. <laughs> well, look, I'm all for that. I'm all for but you no, being I, hired I don't know about that. The thing is, Look, you know, you and I talked before, but okay, so if you're, if you're talking about what's there to learn, um, you know, I'm not sure because if Carter and Tavoli are hurt, well, then I'm not sure. But all we know is this Gabe Bellardi kid looks like the real deal. And so if he's coming in, then someone's going out. Yeah. Uh, and I'm not sure if there's anyone else coming in. But you've also got, you know, like you said, you've got Brzezinski, who to me, if they don't bring him up, like if he doesn't make the team next year, then uh, I don't know. Can you just keep him in the minors? Like no, then, then can't. to me, right. You either get moved to a different franchise where he gets a shot or, uh, you know, he's, he's an AHLer, but I, I, I think he has NHL. Potential, well, I, so. I want to avoid talking about players in next year and chases. I mean, cause we, cause that all, right. all come during the summer, but, but again, getting back all to the right. lessons, the question is what can you change in order to try and get back in this series or can you, like if you concede that okay Carter and Travoli may be hurt. Yes, it, I would put. I thought it last night. I yeah. would put Kempe back with Travoli and Pearson. Yeah, see, and I think that's a great idea. And I would yeah. I would move Carter to the top line because if Carter to can't, the top line if he can't play center but he's still clearly active in the game. Yeah, and your top line is Carter Brown and and Kopitar, and your second line is Tafoli, Pearson, and Kempe. And then your third yeah. line, I saw online, I think it was the mayor suggested Lewis, Reader, and uh, and maybe Clifford as your four, third line or something like that. Um, yes. I'm great with that. That's what I would do. Yeah, because yeah. like like you said, you have two ways of trying to beat this team. You can either grind them out, which you either don't have the personnel or the health to do, or you can try and you can just try and fly with them. Yeah. 
And I think we all yeah, know I that mean, that's not a great idea, but it may be the only reasonable idea left. I think it's the only way is to score. In other words, I think if Toffoli buries that, I mean, this is what I've said to you all season, really, and I guess everyone else has. I, I was thinking the only way to really win the game last night, because you know what I usually say to you, right, when Texas in the middle of the game, when we're down one nothing, I very often go after a little bit and I get a sense of the game. I go, if we score, we're going to win. Right. Right, because obviously if we don't score, we lose one nothing like the first game. And the second game, you know, we didn't win. But, okay, when you lose in, in almost, you know, the end of double overtime, uh, you know what I mean, like whatever. Um, and then last night it was the opposite. Like, remember I texted you and I, I said, uh-oh, they scored. I think they're going to win. Yeah. <laughs> right? Because it just had that sort of feel like we should have, you know, we had that game. So, but, it, but I did think if Toffoli had buried that, right, that chance, and we were up 2 nothing. Then I think we win the game because I think the only way to beat them right now is to get up by a couple of goals and try and shake their confidence just a little bit. They're ob- but now they're on a, a roll and they're obviously really confident. Yeah. But I think that's the only way is to get ahead of them and then you can start maybe trying to, to play the way we've been playing, right, and try and at least hold them to just one goal uh, or maybe you know break their confidence a little bit and you can pot in a third one. I don't know if we can do that for four games, though, because they're just faster. No, look, and, the, rea- the you know. reality is it's only happened four times in history for a reason. Yeah. Even if you even if you, you know, brought in the magical health fairy and Forbert were back in the lineup and every Kings player were operating at peak efficiency and every Vegas Knight player was no, operating at peak efficiency, I st- it's still hard to beat any team four times in a yeah. row. <laughs> I mean, that's why it never yeah. happens. Although Vegas is, might be doing it dust, but it is hard when you're down. Like, I think the difference, too, like I was thinking, well, we did it against the Sharks, but... The thing is, the Sharks won the first couple of games like they just, right? That's why we all thought, oh, this is over, because they were winning 7-3 to three and whatever right. it was, 6-1. to one. You know, they were just killing us. And then at some point, game three, you were like, okay, oh, oh I see. Yeah, yeah, we got our game back, and we yeah. lost it. But you go, yeah, no, no, I can see what's happened here. Though, though. But that's not kind of what's happening no, here. No, it's not at all what's <laughs> happening here. <laughs> yeah, they just are the team that's faster, better with the puck more and completely consistently. And the games end up just the way you'd think they would. Right. Like they're not dominating us by any stretch. They're not even right They're they're, but they're definitely outplaying us. No, but but this, but they weren't last night for a while. No, but this series is a risk game, right? Where when you're the attacker, you get an extra, sorry for those who don't play risk, but when you're the attacker, you get, you get an extra die. And, and right. yes, if you have a you know a handful more armies than the team you're attacking, you will ultimately win. It might take everything you've got, but you will ultimately win because the odds are just slightly stacked in your favor. That's right. And in right. A, you might lose one or a thing, but you'll win the series. Right. Exactly. That's, exactly. Yeah. And you know, and if this yeah, not, and if this series winds up being a four nothing sweep where every game is decided by one goal. I still feel better about that series than than let's say if in Minnesota winds up losing five to one or five or, or sorry not five to one four to one or four to two, and yeah. you know but but every game has huge score reversals. Well, I kind of feel better about losing four to nothing where every game is one goal than losing yeah. four to one where you get just dummy to every game you lose. Yeah. No. I mean, look. The, yeah. Exactly. Look. Quick's playing great. Everyone, I think, is playing. You know, that's why I think Carter's hurt. Otherwise, he's not playing to his potential. But I, I just, it just doesn't look like that. It doesn't look like he's not trying or anything like that. It yeah. just looks like, you know, as the game wears on, he's wearing down. And when he goes, 
into the boards or to hit people. He's not. And, but in not in a, in a way that doesn't look like, oh, he's a chicken. It looks like he's trying to protect himself. And that, at least that's how I just thought right off the bat, like the very first time I saw him go into someone. So, yeah, I think they're playing their best. I think they're trying really hard. Um, but sometimes, um, you know, sometimes the other team's just a tiny bit better. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, that's... <laughs> I mean, that's... The funny thing... I, I honestly wouldn't shock me if Vegas wins and, and you know, maybe they make the conference finals. Maybe they win the Stanley Cup. I don't know. It wouldn't shock me if next year they don't make the playoffs. Because well, everyone's saying that this year, but I think yeah. it could happen next year. <laughs> well, that's that's but, another angle of this sort of what lessons do we take out of the series thing that, that I think we'll have a lot more conversations about in the offseason. But, yeah, moving forward, based off of this series – I think Vegas could probably beat the Ducks or the Sharks. But I Absolutely. But I'm not so confident of their ability to beat Nashville, Winnipeg, Tampa or Boston at this point. No, I'm not either, but I, I I'm not either except that Well, like anything could happen. Well, yeah, but also they they'll they'll have gained a huge amount of confidence. Sure. If if they win this one for right and there that's hard that's you know it's kind of invaluable and I think like that helped the Kings in 2012, right? You you sort of go in, you're not sure about that first series, and then you win it handily, right. and then you start feeling pretty good about yourselves. And and if they were to beat the Sharks or Ducks, okay, then it, at that point anything can happen. But I'm with you. Who knows? Um, but it's a special year. I, whether it can be duplicated, that that'll be interesting. But you're right. That's for later. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. It's it's a bit hard to know exactly. <laughs> what's going on except except as the game wears on they're getting i mean they certainly have the much better scoring chances right like they're generating scoring chances we kind of every once in a while get one um, when, yeah, I, when well, i'm watching yeah i mean this is but this is why i brought up the issue of game two earlier which is for me in game two you had five periods of the kings not even really trying to score just sort of saying, well, I'm not okay, sure that's right. <laughs> well, I mean, again, I'm I'm using a, a, a you know a skosh of hyperbole to sort of describe what I'm seeing. Yeah. But in but in game two, what I saw was them hanging a second forward back on the blue line with a defenseman, do, focusing doing ex- basically what they did last year with Budai in net, which was focusing yeah. all of their effort on defense. And then if opportunities presented themselves, sure, you go ahead and you try and score. If you have a power play, you try and score. And then in overtime, you know, if you get involved in sort of back-and-forth rushes, you try and score. But it was basically five periods of defensive shell, and and rightly so. They didn't have forward Muzzin or Dowdy. Yeah. They had to do what yeah. they had. To, if they wanted to have any chance at all of winning this series, they had to come out of that two-game series with a split. And the only way to do that in that game was to do what they did. And, it, and to their credit, it almost worked. Yeah, no, it almost worked. <laughs> and it could have. <laughs> Yeah, so I mean, and too, when you go back and you look at the replay, the crazy thing is that I, like I said, during the game, like I thought we, I thought the longer the game went, the advantage went to us, to the Kings, because they were no longer that much faster or faster at all, right? And right. so then our grinding should have come into play, and we had the skill guys. And the thing is, it was kind of turning around like that. And if you look at their goal, we were in their end, kind of with lots of energy and then the shot gets blocked at the blue line and it just happens to bounce out in a way that they went down. And then to be honest, Neil made a great pass. That was a great play. Yeah. So, you know, what are you going to do? So it was close, but um, yeah, no, I agree with you like that. That was all there was to it. 
And I, I, like I say, I, you know, you just said it. If, if we're me being the coach, I'd put Kempe up in the second line, put Carter on the first line, and try and get those guys. Um, or, or, or I would do something sort of weird, like for example, I would, I would almost say, you know, put Kempe with Kopitar and Brown, put you know Amadio between Pearson and Toffoli, put Carter at third line center, and just say to Carter, like, don't worry about trying to score just play d you know what i mean if if you yeah just just sort of mix up the roles and try and spread out the talent and and just say to everybody look we're gonna try and we're just gonna try and outskate them and outscore them and if it doesn't work we'll, we'll you know what have you got to lose and if it does well then who knows maybe you maybe that is the way that you unlock the series maybe that is the way you get to that point against san jose where you say oh okay right because in games one and two against san jose there was no pearson in the lineup and it's not like every, right. I mean, this is a little, maybe a little bit of revisionist history and maybe I'm just remembering it <laughs> this way so I can pat myself on the back. But it seemed to me that I was the only one saying, why isn't Pearson in the lineup? Like that, that 70s line had been created in February, had been amazing. Then all of a sudden we roll into the playoffs and they break it up and put Pearson on the bench. And you're like, well, hey, what the heck? Um, yeah. So I know I don't have that feeling about Amadio, but, or Ledoux, but look, Amadio and Ledoux were in the lineup when they played their best game of the series and Ledoux scored the first well, goal of the series. So why, like, yeah, I don't I, know. Why not? Like, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I mean, you know, I feel like I like Mitchell, but I did think as, and I know Fanberg played really well and everything, but I, yeah, I, I think I would have dressed Ledoux because whatever, whatever seems to be a scoring goals. Well, and he gets the, game the puck he's on in, that even if he, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so, and he's younger, faster. Mm-hmm. He's a right-handed he's shot. No, well, he's yeah, he's so, 26, but he's still, you know. Oh, how old Fanberg? <laughs> I think about the same age. Um, oh, but but, right, I, but but he's got fresh he's legs. Faster, yeah. But he plays a slightly different style. But it's a style more, I think, better in terms of playing Vegas. Right. No, I agree. Right. Maybe another team you'd say no, Fanberg's better. But yeah, Ludu's fast and he he shoots and he doesn't seem to be afraid. He's not as big and maybe not, but, but whatever. Like I said, he's the guy that scored in the game that went to overtime. Yeah. And I think the game before he played, he scored. So, yeah, I, I, you know, that, I would have played him over Fanberg, although I guess they were rewarding Fanberg for playing a hell of a game. But No, well, but I so, so I, I meant to ask you this the other day, but uh, Fanberg, and, and this is not a criticism of him, it's just an observation, I think. Um, it seems to me that the way Fantenberg plays lends itself more to being noticed than other defensemen like because he relies on his stick more than his positioning you notice when he pokes a puck away or you notice when he gets a stick on a on a pass because you go oh oh nice play right you go oh he poked right. away. like nice whereas if Folin or you know FNAF or somebody just slowly wedges a guy into the boards and separates them from the puck or is just in good defensive positioning right. may, maybe you don't notice that play as much um, which is not right. to say that Fandenberg doesn't play well. It's just if he has three poke checks in a period, you come away going like, oh, man, Fandenberg was all over them, even though yeah, maybe, well, even though maybe Foley was more effective positioning. I mean, I it's you know, so you see the games live and I see them TV, so it's kind of different. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm not exactly sure of that. But so you may be right. I'm not I'm not really sure because I. He's just not watching the same right, way on, totally on TV. Yeah. 
And especially because lately, you know, because they put on NBC, I have to watch on the computer, which is much smaller, and it keeps stalling. Um, but here's what I, I did think, and I, I, I hate to uh, think of Fanberg like what's his name, the defenseman that scored the hat trick in his first game years ago, Dominic um, Lavoie. <laughs> yeah, Dominic Lavoie, right? And then was never heard from again. I think that's the, the first Dominic about... Lavoie reference of the season. Yeah. <laughs> Um, that, the thing, at least in my mind anyway, Fanberg's sort of big plus, right, at the beginning when he came up mm-hmm. was that he had this great shot, right? Yeah. And that's what we needed. We needed, you know, uh, uh, right, we had Muzzin and Dowdy and Martinez, but, the, you know, but it was great to have this new kid, and he had this great shot, and he wasn't afraid to shoot it and everything. But it seems to me that as the season has worn on, Ledoux has the better shot, and isn't as afraid to do it still, where they don't see Fanberg shooting so much. So for that alone, I would play Ledoux because right. we need to score, right? Like, okay, you can keep trying to win defensively, defensively, and maybe the coaches are looking at the team and go, man, we can't score. We need to be defense. Or maybe, <laughs> right? Or maybe someone ought to say, look, we just got to go down and start scoring some goals and we'll just figure out the quick we'll make the saves. Right. <laughs> You know, and let's be the Oilers and let's score. We'll get scored on five times, whatever. We'll score seven. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the irony, you know? of course, is that Kopitar's second goal came off of a tip from a Fantenberg shot. But, oh, but, okay. <laughs> but, but I do think you're 100% right. And part of the reason I suggest putting Ledoux back in the lineup is in, in 14 uh, and in 12, I think it was, when Martinez and Muzzin both got their opportunities. One of the reasons yeah. I think they were so successful, and and I mean, look, there's a there's a parody account called Was Muzzon that just tracks whether or not Muzzin was on the ice <laughs> when a goal was scored. And I happen to know from personal um, experience, having spoken to the creator of said account, that they <laughs> that they created it um, because it felt like every time Muzzin was on the ice, his shot got through. Now, I think personally that that's not really the case as much anymore. And, you know, personally, I think it's because overcoaching takes over players and, and you know, you start yeah. to see they try and get too precious with their shots. and or So they either wind up shooting directly into somebody's shins or they keep passing it around until, you know, the opportunity's gone. Whereas a guy like Ledoux is in that same situation that Muzzin was when he first cracked the lineup and Martinez was when he first cracked the lineup was, which was your instincts take over and you actually just shoot yeah. Yeah, and that's what he does. <laughs> yeah, and it goes yeah, in. <laughs> and he's yeah, and he seems tenacious, and he seems fast, and he just seems more tenacious and all that other stuff than Fattenberg. I, I'm not saying he's a better player, but just those qualities seem to me to be what's happening. Yeah, and against Vegas, I think that's what they need because that is what Vegas has. That's what Nashville has, right? These teams that are fast, that they're on the puck the whole game, uh, you know, and they have some skilled players. So you need people like that, right? You, you, you can't expect guys that are 30 and 31 um, who are slightly not as fast to really keep up over the course of every game. Right. Right. And they shouldn't have to in a way like they should be able to use their skill set, but you do need some players, which is why I like, you know, I know you like Amado. That's why I like Mitchell uh, right now in, in this lineup over Amadio because I just think he's faster more tenacious. I mean, Amadio might be ultimately the better player. I'm not sure. It's not, but... honestly, it's not a question of whether or not I like them because like I said, there are things that Thompson and, and Mitchell and, and Clifford and Lewis, I'll even include all of them. The, I, I like the Kings bottom six. The problem is when I open up 
and I hate to be this guy at this point, but when I open up the stats right at the end of the game and you look at, at how effective every line is and you look at, you know, you go Pearson, Carter, and Toffoli generated more shots on goal or more shot attempts, I should say, than their opponent by a 60 to 40 margin. And you go, okay, well, why aren't they burying those? And you shrug and you say, okay, well, maybe they're hurt. Kopitar um, and Brown uh, were basically operating at a 50% split, which I think if you asked, you know, if, if the Kopitar line and the Carlson line were neutralizing each other, would you take that as a Kings fan? I think you would. Um, yeah. But then you look down and, and you know, Thompson and Mitchell and Reeder and Lewis and Clifford are, are – now Clifford only played four minutes at even strength. Um but and and Mitchell only played four minutes and Thompson only played eight minutes. But in those eight minutes, his line generated six attempts and gave up twelve. And that's okay. where you start you know, going. But that's where you know where why I don't like stats as much as you mm -hmm. do. But I'm older, I get it. Um, and that's because the other thing that everyone has been saying all year long, right? Which is how is Vegas doing this? Right? They're not pulling rabbits out of a hat. They don't have a third and fourth line. They have a team, right. right, of all second lines. So that's been their advantage against every team. That's why they were in first place, um, because their third and fourth lines are going to outplay most other teams. So, the, but the thing is, they're not. It's not like they're uh, the chancing whatever, whatever, because eh, they're not outscoring us, right? They're just winning each game by one game, no, no, one I in double overtime. But for example, now, last Clifford night was on the ice. Yeah, in that double overtime, right? But in, like I say, in fact, that particular sequence, we were actually the ones with the energy all over them. And then, you know, like Clifford shot gets blocked at the blue line. So when he blocks it, he blows past him. And, you know, then they made a great play. But um, so that's why I'm not quite as concerned. Like, I don't think there's anything that can be done about that, whether except that that's why, for me, I'd rather have Mitchell because at least he's fast or tenacious. No, but I'm saying that's and, why. And, but that's why I, I think you swap up the lineup because if you can, in, if your fourth line has, or if your third line has Jeff Carter on it, right? Even if it's seventy percent Jeff Carter, uh, or eighty percent Jeff Carter, or whatever, well, that that line is automatically better suited to handle the Golden Knights' third line. I guess, but then maybe all you're really doing is saying, telling the other team, okay, this guy's hurt or something. I don't know. I, I would. Well, they're down the three to I nothing. Would... So you know, yeah, got to do something. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I think the first solution that we both said last night independently, I would put Carter on the top line, move Kempe up because yeah. Kempe's playing incredible hockey. Yep. He, you know, everyone's screaming because he's not scoring and stuff. But you know, I think it's just it's me. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, I've seen other people on on Twitter, right? You know, or or in the comment section on the Insider, right? right. A lot of people write and say it. <laughs> But I, but but I, I mean, I read a lot, and I just always think, look, it, it, it's it's just not that simple hockey. It isn't just oh, that guy's scoring, so he's great, and that guy isn't, so he isn't. Um, it's it's a, I mean, that's why I like hockey. It's a slightly more subtle, <laughs> complex game. <laughs> but I think he's playing great, and I think maybe uh, maybe just or put him up on the wing. But I think you know that line was great. Now it doesn't mean they'll reconstruct it but you know why not try and just load up the first two lines and you're right and then put reader lewis and um clifford or whoever on the third line have a real fast because i think reader's been playing well too he's kind of the forgotten guy in all this but i i think he's been playing pretty well you know he's also not bearing it but nobody is no <laughs> you know 
Brown hasn't scored, Carter hasn't scored, Pearson Defoe, nobody's scoring. So, um, but I would just load up the top six because I think that really is the only way. I think trying to spread it out actually is probably the approach that's never going to work. No, I, I agree. My two. my thought process of putting Carter in the bottom six wasn't to try and spread the offense. It was just to try and to try and get a different look in the in the goal of like I said, whether you put Kempe at center on the second line or on wing on the first line. I think you know. I think we all agree that he's been the most. I don't. In fact, yeah. really, I don't want to use the word effective because that implies scoring. But he's been the most yes. engaged. <laughs> um, he seems to be way. really engaged. Yeah. he's fast. He's still taking the puck up. He's hitting people. He's fighting. He, yeah. he, you know, he seems to really be playing. So why not put him with with the two goal scorers who aren't scoring and maybe right because they did well during the year or they certainly had a bunch of good games. And then, you know, I like, obviously we all like, oh yeah, the third line would be I follow reader and, yeah. and uh, Lewis or whoever, um, you know, and I is great and everything. He scored the goal. So, but, but I mean, maybe just right, you know, put Kopitar, uh, Brown and, and Carter and see what happens. Cause I, I just do think, I think it's really difficult against Vegas to come back when they're down, even one nothing, as we've seen. Well, and I'll, I'll throw out another sort of, and this might seem pointless, but I think in a game like this, you got to do it. On the, I would take Brown and Kopitar off the penalty kill because last night Kopitar spent two minutes and thirty seconds on the penalty kill. Yeah, yeah. you know what? If your if your bottom six can't kill penalties. <laughs> Yeah, um, you're, you're gonna lose. Then you're not gonna you're yeah. not gonna go far anyway. And if that's an extra two minutes and thirty seconds that Kopitar can play on the power play or even strength with yeah. you know, whether it's Carter or, or Kempe or whoever, um, you're down three nothing. You have to score goals. Let's stop wasting our best players' energy just for a game, right? Like just to see if it works. I'm all generally speaking. Yeah. No, I, I'm I, all I for think, him I think that's, killing penalties. But. I think, like I say, I think that's a good idea. And unless I'm revisioning history. Myself, it seems to me though, when I was growing up, there were players that were just uh, penalty kill specialists, right? right? That's basically what they did. They might have played a couple of extra minutes here and there, but you know, there were guys that that's what they did, so that the main guys didn't have to. Now, all of a sudden, like people using their best players, but yeah, when your players get older um, and the other team's faster and wearing you down, then yeah, you got to rethink that. Especially and you're right if they can't. I'm looking at this right now. Kopitar played two minutes thirty on the kill. Brown played two minutes nine on the kill. Jeff Carter played a minute thirty-seven on the kill. Meanwhile, uh, Clifford and Reader played zero minutes on the kill. Now, if Clifford and oh. Reader are not like if you don't trust them enough to play them a single second on the penalty kill, and I'm not saying that's what's yeah. happening, but it, but just if you if you cannot trust them to go penalties, and I think you can. Certainly with Clifford, I don't know that we've seen yeah. a ton of time from Reader, but he's fast. There's no reason he shouldn't. Yeah. Um, be effective. Yeah. So I don't know. No, that's another I, change I, I would make. Yeah, no, I, I, it, it, certainly if they don't do it this year, they ought to start thinking about it for next year. Yeah, like just rearrange the whole, uh, the whole deck as it were. Especially no, that if, is a good idea. I hadn't thought yeah. of that, but it it makes sense. It, it's a much better. It's a much better way to use. You know, like I say, when I was growing up, like those guys weren't dummies, right? It's just right. a much better way. Like now it's like, well, we roll four lines, we roll four lines. Well, okay, but the, the bottom line still only gets in a few minutes. So why not have them play that extra couple of minutes killing penalties so that your top guys, instead of playing 21 minutes, they play 19, but it's a much better 19. Right. Uh, with the, more the energy. Vegas... 
the Golden Knights have two forwards that basically spent five minutes on the penalty kill. Yeah. And it was Noshik yeah. and, and Bellamare, their third liners. So Yeah. No, I mean that to me is Look, I think that's why. Look, I mean, you know, they're they're being coached really well, and they figured out. He obviously figured out the team, and and he's u- utilizing them. And I I hadn't thought about what he said. I, I do think that's probably the smarter way to go. It, I mean, it, Brown and Kopitar really, and Carter, and Toffoli, right? That's just a lot of energy yep. spent in their zone, and then they get on a shift, and they're tired, and they and they spend their shift in their own zone. Right, right. It's like no wonder by the end of the game, uh, Vegas is having a lot more scoring chances. So they win the third period, three to one. I mean, really three to nothing almost. Right, like we went in winning, right. and we're the best third period. Right, team. exactly. So you can see, like we're getting tired. They're getting stronger. Well, and it um, happened in games one and games two as well. Games game one yeah. was basically, if you look at the sort of possession um, charts, game one through the first two periods was basically even. And then the Golden Knights absolutely took over the third period, and surprise, surprise, yeah. they score the goal and win one another. And then the second game, obviously, everything we've said about you know the style of play. But again, if you look well, at no, the possession the first game, charts, they scored the goal in the first three minutes. Oh, well, that's right. But but then, but they still, but they took over the third. But they period. took over the third yeah. period. Yeah, they at least the first eight or nine minutes was all them. And yeah, some point we tried a bit of a push, but you could see they were never going to score, um, or at least just didn't have that feeling. And in the second game, yeah, you know, they didn't have Dowdy and, you know, it was just... No, but as the game went on, they, you know, Vegas became more and more dominant. Yeah, uh, until, like I say, until it got to be way, 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 and then all of a sudden they looked tired. But, you know, even then, um, yeah, no, I I agree. I think think this whole sort of rolling four lines thing is interesting if you don't play your best players Right. On the penalty kill, yeah, and you save them for the power play. <laughs> well, well, so right. this is, but this is the great. This is one of the great ironies of this playoff series, and and I think part of the reason I'm sort of driving myself crazy is that going into this series, we all said, okay, the Golden Knights do X, Y, Z, and that's why they're better than everybody, and it makes perfect sense. But then if you start looking at the way they've played in the playoffs. Like I said, they have two guys who kill five minutes of penalty kill a night, and that's yeah. half of their ice time, which means Vegas isn't actually rolling four lines. That line right. that kills penalties plays five minutes of even strength hockey over the course of the night, and they play five minutes on the penalty kill. Those are your penalty killing. Like, Vegas is playing like a lot more traditional team than they did, I think, during the regular season, and that's why we have yeah. a, such a t- close, tightly checking series, and... and you know, and ultimately why they're going to win. And a lot of that probably has to do with coaching and structure and, and organizational um, vision or whatever you want to call it. Um, yeah, no, he's a really good coach. Yeah. <laughs> he said, like, he was coaching Florida the year I'd season tickets, and I, why they ever let him go? You know, nobody can figure that one out because um, he's clearly a great coach and the players really like him. And he's clearly figured out the town. I don't know whether he helped pick the town, but he clearly figured him out real well, fast. Well, he had Smith and Marcia so in Florida, so well, I, I don't think there's Marcia any. I don't think, well, and yeah. Smith. I don't think there's any. He had two thirds of their top line comes from Florida, yeah. and the other third comes from Columbus. If the if the Golden Knights do win the cup, Columbus and Florida owe the rest of the league a giant apology. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's true. Like, because Marcia so was another guy who was really, really good, and nobody yeah. could figure out. Why Florida let him go? Why they mm-hmm. traded him? It was just like, what? What are they doing? I don't know. I mean, it was weird. But um, 
yeah, so they they're being well coached, well played, well utilized, and and you're right. We need to come up with a better or different, I don't know, better <laughs> a better we'll mouse <laughs> Yeah, I mean, look, they could do that tomorrow and lose, you know, ten nothing. But at this point, what whatever, right? What difference yeah. does it make? No, exactly. like you've got to. You, there's no. I mean, I don't know. You know, it's like the old thing, right? There's no point doing the same thing over and over again and losing by one goal every game. You, you know, I'd rather see them try something different, make an attack, and lose eight nothing. Yeah, no, I agree. I totally agree. You know? Or I mean, it wouldn't, you know, or after. It's... But really, to me, the only way they're going to win is to be up to nothing. No, look, you're I'm down... not saying they would win if they're up to nothing. Right. I just they could still lose, but I just it's just they've got to get up enough so that they get confidence. Maybe, maybe too hard after three nothing, right? Like I thought, if we won that second game, and then came in tonight, last night, and we're up, and you know. <laughs> the Bear. You know what I mean? Like, like it's just right now. It's like, okay, their first year team in the playoffs. If you could have shaken their confidence a little bit, right? But we haven't. <laughs> no, but but somebody mentioned it last night, and I don't remember who. But somebody said, like, yes, they're an expansion team, and yes, it's their first playoff. Blah blah blah. But the reality is, they're not. You know, Mark Andre Fleury is not a playoff rookie. James Neal no, is not a playoff no, rookie. No, David Perron is not a playoff. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like. No, it's it's not your typical expand. Clearly, no, it's nothing uh, like they, any it, other expansion team. <laughs> no, it's it's absolutely not in any sport ever. Um, but you know what I feel about that. But I won't yeah. say it on the podcast. Uh, <laughs> Appreciate it. <laughs> but um, um, uh, just you yeah, know, you know, less the I, less said about it, the better. <laughs> yeah, at least until I move. Um, uh-huh. uh, but. Um, I forget what I was going to say, but um, uh, the difference. Oh no! But this. but nevertheless, despite all that, and all that is absolutely one hundred percent true. So it it is different. But it is the first time that they played as as this sure. group of people, right? With no history, like like you tweeted, that's the longest game in you know right. in night's <laughs> history, right? So you know these are funny things, but they're true. So that's why I thought the only way the Kings are going to win is to go up a goal or two and maybe just shake their confidence, not as individuals and their own ability. You're not going to shake Flurry's, you know, confidence, right? But as a team, as a unit, they know they're an expansion team. They know, you know, they won. But if if you go in in the playoffs and maybe you get up and hit a few people, well, maybe just a little bit, right? Right. Then maybe you can win. But that has not happened, and if anything, perhaps the opposite, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, they should be just full of confidence. Yeah, um, no, they should. And and we, and Kings fans, know from firsthand experience how much of a role confidence can play yeah. in, in role players suddenly yeah. playing out of their mind. Um, yeah, no, exactly. Now, look, if we come in tomorrow and, like, against San Jose, you know, we go in and win 3 nothing. And and go back there and somehow win. Okay, then everything might be different. Right. I I don't see it happening, but I didn't see it happening. No, the thing is, we did see it happening against uh, San Jose. Yeah, no, they should have won game three against. They should have won. Yeah, yeah. And now last night they were ahead, but I wouldn't have said they should have won. No, last night was at at one point. So during during the intermission, uh, Team TRH assembled in the concourse. Because uh-huh. a lot of a lot of us were there, and uh, at one point during the second intermission, I believe, the Kings were still winning one to nothing. And I look, and and you know, this was the joke going around. Everybody said, "Okay, well, hopefully we don't see everybody in in, in between the third and first overtime period. Like, hopefully this is goodbye <laughs> right. and not, you know, 
We'll see you at yeah. the next, next intermission. So at one nothing, Jack Wilson and I are sitting next to each other in the press box, and I lean over to him and and I say, "If this goes to overtime, is it my fault for making that joke?" And Jack <laughs> says, "No, you know we all think it's going to overtime or they're going to lose." And I said, "Right." <laughs> Because that's what it felt like at 10 minutes left in the third period. And then, you know, they tie it. And then before you know it, right, it's it's over. No, no, that's exactly what 10 minutes. As the period went on, you felt like they were going to score. And that's, remember, I texted you. Like I just said it before, like if they score, they're going to win. And, yeah, so it was never like, oh, we should have won that game. Whereas in the San Jose one, you could say, okay, we should have won the game. Or at least yeah. you know we're probably going to win the next game because we're starting to really outplay them. But we that that's not what's happening here. No, it's not. <laughs> yeah. You know, we were just hoping to hold on to one nothing. Or as I, you know, I kept saying to myself, oh, my God, we just need a lucky goal. <laughs> you know, because if we could get ahead 2 nothing, then I think, okay, we'll win. But so far, we've never even been ahead. Yeah. Oh yeah, I guess we were ahead. Yeah, because we were ahead one nothing. But 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 we've never yeah. been up by two goals. Nor well, they were they were three one. Uh, <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Like you know, we can get up two nothing, three nothing. Well, then I think actually we will win. It would be nice But if we don't. It would no, be nice. Yeah. I mean, I think we find ourselves. I think we're not uh, we, but the Kings. <laughs> I think the Kings find themselves in about the same situation that the Oilers found themselves when I suggested they trade Jack Johnson for Jack Johnson yes. <laughs> and make him a forward. Where you go, like, look, things are not going well. Things are, in fact, going spectacularly yeah. poorly. If you're not going to do something crazy just for the hell of it, yeah, then yeah, you might as well just concede because we've tried. Yeah. We've tried this formula for three games now. We're two games. And uh, it' pretty clear that it that it might work once, but it's not going to work four times. Um, it, it, and that's it and that's the, do, yeah yeah. So anyway, it, it doesn't. Yeah, and then you know, then you're right in the off season. Um, so you know, the only good part is if since I have to go to Canada, if they're out of the playoffs, I won't feel so bad. There you go. I won't be missing any games. You'll get to root for uh, Winnipeg and Toronto if they're still in it by then. Uh, I could never root for Winnipeg. I, I, I thought you were going to say Toronto. Well, I can never root for Toronto because I was a Montreal fan growing up, and I always hated the Leafs. Um, even though I liked Sittler and Boya Sami when I lived in Toronto for 12 years. But I just never could be a Leafs fan. Why, why, <laughs> why can't you root for Winnipeg? That's the part I don't um, I, I I don't want to get you in more trouble than you were for Edmonton. <laughs> oh, all right, fair enough. Because Winnipeg's just—I don't know. Winnipeg—I I never understand. I don't understand Winnipeg. It's in the middle of nowhere. It's the coldest city in the on earth, and um, I don't know why anyone lives there. <laughs> well, hey man, that's... you could edit. You could edit that out. <laughs> no, that's fine. That's what I say about you know. Every time I drive through the desert, that's what I say about most of the cities. Uh, that I drive. Yeah, I know, but so. Winnipeg is a big, major city, and your mother's best friend, you know, is from Winnipeg. So all apologies to her. But I'm pretty um, sure she doesn't listen, so that's fine. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and David Steinberg is from Winnipeg, and so were the guests who. But other than that, <laughs> <laughs> it really—I don't know. I just—I—I I don't. Even though I'm Canadian, I. I all right, no, that's no. fine. Things we've learned today. Dad <laughs> I don't even like cheer Winnipeg. for Ottawa, and you know that's where I'm from, so. <laughs> I, I'm, you know, if I'm going to cheer for Canadian team, it'll still be Montreal. Yeah. All right. Well, on that note, I think uh, I think we're going to wrap it up. Hopefully, uh, hopefully there'll be another game after Tuesday. Yeah, hopefully. All right. We'll have fun tomorrow. All right. Thanks, Dad, and thanks for listening, to Kings fans. We'll talk to you soon.